D F S. It is Friday, September 23rd here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our week three DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Small. And Jared, I know that we like cheap quarterbacks on DraftKings every week. We like getting down in that 5K range, especially if there's upside because it gives us spending room elsewhere. I'm not sure, though, that I can get with Mac Jones for 5,100 in any format here. What about you? Yeah, I saw him. He's popping as our top dollars per point um, on DK. Is that, is that, yeah, I mean, so yeah. I, I I do think you might need to go cheap at quarterback this week. This to me is, you know, the t- pricing is much tougher on DraftKings this week than it has been the first two weeks. There's not a lot of cheap plays to like at running back and wide receiver. So the, the cheap quarterback I'd go with is Marcus Mariota for 5,500 bucks, um, 20.8 and then 16.4 DraftKings points the first two weeks of the season. And that came against the Saints and Rams, who are two you know, pretty tough defenses. He gets the Seahawks on Sunday. They're 30th in Football Outsiders past defense rankings. Um, and, and, of course, you know, Mariota has been giving us the, the rushing 88 yards on 18 carries. Both those marks rank third among quarterbacks. So he, he is the cheap option. I, I do love Jalen Hurts at his price, um, 7600 bucks. So I might you know mess around with it, try to go cheaper at other spots to get up to Jalen Hurts. But if you want to feel good about your running back and wide receiver plays, I do think you might have to go cheap with Mariota. Yeah, I think it's always important to play around with the lineups and see what you can get to. Because sometimes you look at it and think, well, I'm not even going to pay for Jalen Hurts when I can do this for this much. But then you start actually messing with and you're like, oh, okay, that actually makes sense. I can feel good about this as a cash lineup. But I agree. It's Marcus Mariota as a starting point for me. It's just easier for him to get to the floor than it is for Mac Jones because of that rushing uh, Mac Jones, I think, lacks the ceiling as well that Mariota has. And, you know, th- that matters less for a cash lineup, but it still matters. We still are hoping to get as much as we can out of everybody. And I think Trevor Lawrence at 5,400 could be in the discussion, but I think his floor versus the Chargers is mm-hmm. probably even lower than Mac Jones is, definitely lower than Marcus Mariota's. And then, you know, $5,200 Jameis Winston might be in play if he weren't dealing with multiple injuries. So to mm-hmm. me, it just, I look at all that. And it shakes out as Mariota is the the starting point for cash lineups here. You know, beyond what he's done, Seattle's 25th in overall defensive DVOA. So it's a positive matchup for him. They're 30th against the pass. They're actually ninth against the run, according to Football Outsiders. Maybe that even further helps the floor and ceiling for Mariota, because if Atlanta's not able to run the ball effectively, you know, on non-quarterback runs and has to lean pass more or lean on Marcus Mariota running the ball more, that only plays into both his floor and his ceiling cases for this game. You know, we have, we have Mariota projected at just 2% ownership right now too. So I, I think he's an option for tournaments as well. I mean, I, 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 maybe he does have a higher ceiling than I'm giving him credit for because of the rushing. I, I struggle to see him get to like, you know, 25, 26 DK points, which a lot of times you do need to win a tournament, especially on this slate where we have Josh Allen for the first time. We have Jalen Hurts in a great spot. We have Petra Mahomes in a great spot. So I, Wonder if Mariota has the upside to win a tournament, but the savings he gives you and Drake London and Kyle Pitts are both good values. Um, I think, you know, considering Mariota in tournaments is, you know, at least worth a worth a look. Yeah, that was my initial reaction is I don't think there's the ceiling for him to be my GPP quarterback, but if we take him at his price, you find Drake London at 5,800 with a 4% ownership projection right now. 
you can pair those guys together. And yeah, you know, you always want ultimate ceiling from your quarterback and his receiver stack. But at those prices, we can buy that upside at other spots and make up for it. It's not going to be Kyle Pitts for me. I can, you know, understand going for him. But I like Drake London and Marcus Mariota as a pair. Maybe not my primary, but certainly mm-hmm. I think in the mix um, for building out those lineups. On GPP side, besides Mariota and whatever pass catcher you like, I think the Philly-Washington matchup is very interesting here. Jalen Hurts is obviously in play. You don't have to make the case for him. But if you want to go for the lower-owned version of it, Carson Wentz, 6,300, so he's more expensive now because he's produced over the first two weeks. But also 2% ownership projection. You can still get into the Jalen Hurts game with Carson Wentz. You know, if Jalen Hurts runs for everything, then he's not helping your Carson Wentz lineup. But Play Carson Wentz. You can play a couple of his receivers. Curtis Samuel is still cheap enough. His ownership's going to be up, but he's still third in our DK dollars per point rankings. And, you know, he gains some contrarian by using him with the quarterback if Carson Wentz goes off again. Terry McLaurin's projected for 2% ownership and Jahan Dotson at 3% at $4,600. So if you don't want Curtis Samuel at the higher exposure number, you can go for Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson. You can get all these guys at currently 3% or less projected ownership. You know, get A.J. Brown on the other side, who looks like he's going to be underowned versus what he's been in the Eagles offense so far. It really attractive matchup to kind of build around here. Yeah, I, I definitely like the Eagles side of that game. You mentioned A.J. Brown coming in at just 9% projected ownership. Dallas Goddard's coming in at just 6% projected ownership. You know, so Hertz is going to be one of the most popular quarterback plays, but I think his stacking options, you know, aren't going to be chalky. So I think that makes that stack attractive. Joe Burrow is my guy in tournaments this week, though. I just think it's a get right spot. People are off him and rightfully so with, you know, the the start to the season for that Bengals passing game. But I I think this is the spot where they're going against the Jets. Uh, Football Outsiders says the Jets dead last in pass defense DVOA. They've allowed 7.8 yards per attempt and a 7% touchdown rate to Lamar Jackson and Jacoby Brissett over the first two games of the season. 4% projected ownership for Joe Burrow. And both T. Higgins and Jamar Chase are coming in pretty low, too. So I'm going to stack those three up and run it back with probably Elijah Moore as my running back because he's, I believe he's cheaper than Garrett Wilson now, and he's also going to be much less owned. So I'm going to just kind of kind of hope the uh, you know pendulum kind of swings back in uh, Elijah Moore's favor this week. Yeah, I've got that stuff on my list for the FanDuel show. And, you know, I say run multiple lineups with both of those guys. You know, have Elijah Moore mm-hmm. in one, have Garrett Wilson in the other. That way you don't have to say this is going to be the one or you miss out if it's the other guy because there's certainly room to play both of those lineups. And I agree with that that whole case for Burrow and his receivers. Running back for cash, Jared, it seems like it starts with Leonard Fournette. That's what our DK dollars per point say, 6,500 bucks because he hasn't scored a touchdown yet. So we haven't gotten the big fantasy points to drive up his salary yet. He was on the list last week. Terrible production fantasy-wise, 74 total yards. As I said, no touchdowns so far, but 21 and 24 carries through two games, 23 and 26 touches. I mean, that's what we're chasing here. The touchdowns are going to come. The yardage matters less than the touchdowns. He's getting the opportunities, which is what we want. And it's, he, at 6,500, he's still priced yeah. like somebody that is not getting that kind of workload. For sure. I mean, I, I have concerns with the Bucks offense right now, you know, with all the injuries, especially on the offensive line for Fournette. And, you know, they have a 21 and a half point implied total this week, but it's, with Fournette at six five hundred bucks, it's just like trust the process for cash games. A guy getting that much work at that price tag, um, and, and the matchup looks good. I mean, the Packers just got smoked by David Montgomery on Sunday night, 
last week. Uh, they're 30th in football outsiders run defense DVOA. So I get, I think again, like we saw last week with all these Bucks wide receiver injuries, you're going to see, you know, the offense run through Leonard Fournette this week. Do you think that they got smoked by David Montgomery or were they just like laughing and petting him <laughs> as he ran because it didn't really matter? <laughs> yeah, could, could be either. David Montgomery, by the way, also an option here, 5,900 yep. against the Texans. Uh, I've got Michael Carter down to 5,200 against the Bengals too. Cause I think I, I don't like the ceiling on him for a attorney lineup, but I think he's a pretty safe bet to get the opportunities to get the touch volume, especially in the passing game. Um, and when you put the price in with that, it can help you get to some other things. Whereas, you know, some surer right. bet for production at running back are going to cost you. Yeah. Uh, Montgomery's the cheaper guy that I like. Um, and it's doesn't feel great relying on any bear at this point. Um, uh, but I mean, Montgomery has been pretty good in, in spite of the bears offensive struggles. I mean, he has 32 carries and six targets through the first two games of the season, he played 80% of the Bears' snaps last week. We saw the, the gap in playing time actually grow between Montgomery and Khalil Herbert and the bears are actually, you know, home favorites in this game, something we're not going to be able to say, say for most of the season. So, you know, that makes Montgomery's rushing volume a bit safer. I think, you know, if you want to play Jalen hurts, you're going to have to, you know, go cheap at at least one of these running back spots. I do think Dalvin cook and, and Joe Mixon at the end, you know, in the seven K range, the upper seven K range are both in awesome spots, but again, pr- pricing is tight this week. So I don't know if you can play, Cook, Mixon, and Leonard Fournette. I think you might have to get, you know, one of those 5K backs. And, you know, if you are going to lean on any bear, it's the one where the coach <laughs> says we're going to run it down their throats heading into a matchup with Green Bay. I would have to assume that that's the plan for going up against Houston as well. And, you know, you, know, you mentioned their home favorites, kind of reluctantly so at two and a half points. Um, GPP side, Alvin Kamara gets interesting. We're going to watch his injury status heading into the weekend, but only 7,000 bucks for now, only 4% projected ownership right now. You know, that of course is early in the week for a guy that we're not sure about, you know, the playing status. So that number might jump over the weekend. And if that's the case, I'll be less interested, but for right now, he's tied for 21st in ownership projection among running backs. Panthers 12th in total defensive DVOA, but they've been better against the pass than the run so far. And you know, we'll see exactly what Kamara's usage looks like. We only have one game so far to go on with these particular Saints, but we have to figure that it's probably going to be pretty high. Yeah, and I would guess that Kamara's ownership is going to stay down um, just because he was disappointing in week one. Now he's dealing with the injury. So he is an interesting tournament play to me. Um, same, same kind of deal with DeAndre Swift. I mean, you know, we're not touch him in cash with the ankle thing. Um, but, you know, Dan Campbell said Swift's in a better place this week than he was last week. He got into limited practice on Thursday. And just an awesome matchup against the Vikings, who are dead last right now in football outsiders run defense, DVOA. So I think Swift, 7,200 is interesting for tournaments. Um, I like Miles Sanders, too, 5,500, um, coming in at just 6% projected ownership. He has 8.5 and 11.6 DraftKings points in the first two games of the season. The only difference, really, is he scored a touchdown in the first game and didn't in week two. But you know, he gets a Washington D 31st in run defense, according to Football Outsiders. Washington has allowed 6.8 yards per carry to Jacksonville and Detroit running backs through the first two weeks of the season. So, like, to me, the, the Lions run game against Minnesota and this Eagles run game against Washington are two big mismatches this week. Yeah, I'm not anti Miles Sanders, but the thing that will always keep me from getting excited about him for attorney lineup is he's one of the worst bets to just control the goal line action for his team. There are four guys competing for goal line uh, opportunities. Doesn't mean he can't get two of them in a single game. Just 
less of a chance of him doing that than some other guys in similar roles overall. AJ Dillon's one more guy I want to throw out and I have him down for tournament, but I, I think he's probably in play for cash consideration too at 6k. He's got more expected PPR points so far than Aaron Jones, which speaks to the role that he's taking on and not just as a runner, but also in the passing game, single digit project projected ownership though. I think particularly makes Dylan a standout for tournament usage and I doubt that it's going to climb that much because even though we've seen Green Bay lean heavily on its running back so far, and logically they should continue to do so, we look at Tampa Bay and over the past few years, the Bucks have been a matchup where we say, I'm scared to play my running backs against them. Doesn't look like that's the case this year. It's still developing, but they're 15th in rushing DVOA through two weeks. They're allowing 4.6 yards per carry uh, to opponent running backs. And just looking at reality, and Damakong Su was a key part of that run defense for the past couple of years. He's not there anymore. They signed Akeem Hicks in free agency. He's injured right now, so he's not there. So, you know, just looking at the group, it's like, oh, yeah, I get why they might not be as good in run defense. But I think A.J. Dillon is a, an attractive guy for fantasy this week. Yep, I had Dillon on my list here, too, for all those reasons you mentioned. And, you know, we have Aaron Jones coming off the big week one or big week two, but it was Dillon who scored 20 drafting points in week one. So I think those guys are just going to be rotating, you know, big games throughout the season. And, you know, coming off what we saw last week, Aaron Jones is going to be the more popular play on, on DraftKings this week. Wide receiver. Uh, I cash. I, I think it's easier to find higher dollar guys to consider Jared. So I'm, I'm primarily looking for cheaper guys to fit some of the more expensive things we want to do. I think Zay Jones is an option at 4k, but I think I like one of his teammates better at another position that I'll talk about in a few minutes. Does have 13 <laughs> targets through two games. Mac Hollins, though, kind of similar to Zay Jones in that he's no lock for targets, but he's on the field a lot. He's even cheaper than Zay Jones, 3,300 bucks. And Mac Hollins sits 21st among all wideouts in total routes through two weeks, eight targets the last time out. Now Hunter Renfro has got a concussion and sure looks like he's not going to be in for that game which would only help the target outlook for Mac Hollins. And obviously at 3,300, we don't need him to do much to pay off. Yeah, I actually had him on my list as a tournament play, but I do, I do think, you know, I, I might mess around with him in cash village to see what that opens up because uh, 3,300 bucks is you know, a, a great price tag for a guy who's going to be on the field, you know, 93% route rate for Mac Hollins last week. And I don't think that's going to go down with Hunter Renfro out this Sunday. Um, Russell Gage is the cheaper wide receiver I'm looking at. Um, you know, he's still dealing with a hamstring thing, but he ran her out on 81% of pass plays last week. So on 18% target share. And that was with Mike Evans playing a lot of that game. We know Mike Evans is out this week. It looks like Chris Godwin and Julio Jones are going to be out too. So it's going to be Gage, Rashad Perriman, and Scotty Miller as the Bucks' top three wide receivers. I think Gage is a good bet for like eight plus targets this week at 4,700 bucks. So I like him as the cheap play. And I think my other two spots are going to be guys in the five Ks, or I'm, I guess I might go up to 6,100 with T. Higgins, but I like Curtis Samuel at 5,100 bucks. Um, I'm just, I'm just buying this role as being legit, and he's not going to you know top 20 DraftKings points every week like he has the first two weeks, but you know, 20 targets through two games. That's 13th most among wide receivers. He's also 13th in expected PPR points. And this Eagles defense likes to kind of keep everything in front of it in, in, in pass defense. They tend to give up a lot of, you know, short catches. We saw Amon Ross St. Brown rack up a bunch of catches against them in week one. So I think the matchup again, kind of favors Curtis Samuel as, you know, potentially the, the target leader for, for Washington. Mm -hmm. I would like to mention that I'm constantly dealing with hamstring issues as well. I haven't missed the show yet. So, you know, we're all working through some stuff for us. Um, Drake London, we mentioned with Marcus Mariota. We talked about it kind of in the GPP 
uh, realm. But at 5,800, I think he's in play, um, whether you're using Mariota or not. The ownership projection does put him in contention for GPP lineups, but Drake London's been doing great on the target share front. As we mentioned, they're facing a Seattle defense that's been softer against the pass than the run so far. I think believe he's fifth among wide receivers in target share, but I got that uh, particular stat in my notes for the FanDuel show. On the GPP side, you know, I mentioned the the Philly-Washington matchup and all of the wideouts involved there. I agree with you that Matt Collins is in play here. I think Marvin Jones, in addition to Zay Jones, are in play as cheaper options here. 41K or 4.1K for Marvin Jones, 4,000 for um, Zay Jones. I think Nelson Aguilar in the same range, uh, 4,100. He's at 2% projected ownership facing Baltimore, which has been the most friendly defense two wide receiver scoring and quarterback scoring so far. And also um, Jacoby Myers looks like he might not play in this game. So if that's the case, Nelson Aguilar might even be in play as that one of those cheap guys for a cash lineup. Um, we'll see if his ownership level spikes, if Jacoby Myers is ruled out um, for this game. But, you know, those are some of the cheaper guys to, again, help me get to, I guess, mm-hmm. the more obvious, more expensive players that I'm looking at. Yeah. Aguilar is a good one. I had not, consider him i don't think i could click on his name for a cash lineup but i think for for tournaments in this matchup if myers is out that he, he could be interesting um so i've talked about you know i think all the wide receivers in the Bengals jets game to me you know t higgins jamar chase and then elijah moore and garrett wilson wilson still isn't projected for much ownership uh despite his you know strong start to the season i, I think he's he's in play yeah um drake london you talked about michael thomas is the other guy i have here 5900 bucks still and six percent ownership like people aren't i guess fully buying into Michael Thomas rebound yet. Um, you know, 22.7 and 18.5 DraftKings points the first two weeks. He has a 23% target share. He's 18th among wide receivers and expected fantasy points. Like, yeah, again, I, he, he's not Michael Thomas of old, but I still think 5,900 is a bit too cheap for him. And then you factor in the ownership. I think, I think he's a good tournament play. Yeah, I agree. One more guy I want to mention is a teammate comparison here. Juju Smith Schuster is at 14% projected ownership at 5,500 bucks. <laughs> If we go down $800 in salary and I bring it up only to make Jared uncomfortable, Marquez Valdez Scantling, 3% projected ownership, $800 less in salary, got more targets than Juju last week. They're spending a similar amount of time on the field. And we know that he's got the downfield stuff. He's working shorter with the Chiefs than he did with Green Bay, but he's got the downfield ability to have those big plays. So I think attorney lineup MVS at 4,700 is definitely in play. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't talk about Mahomes in the um, tournament quarterback session, but he is, you know, going to be an option for me. Um, Gus Bradley is the Colts defensive coordinator. He was the DC for the Raiders last year, and if you remember, Mahomes had two of his best fantasy games of the season against the Raiders. He went uh, for 664 yards and seven touchdowns on nine yards per attempt in two games against the Raiders. So, you know, if, if Bradley's running a similar scheme in Indy as he did with the Raiders last year, I think this, this, you know, could be a big Mahomes week. So I'm, you know, I'm not sure I'll get to Mahomes, but I'm definitely going to want to be mixing in his, his wide receivers and, and Travis Kelsey into my tournament lineups. Two game numbers for Mahomes sound like one game for Tua. That's <laughs> true. Tight end cash. We had Juwan Johnson in play last week at 2,500. He only went for four catches, 40 yards on seven targets. Not great, but that's usable at that level. That's more than three yep. X value when you're $2,500 in DK salary. He's up to 2,900 this week. I think he's still in play. I wouldn't say he's exciting or necessarily my main guy, but he's in mm-hmm. play. 
Evan Ingram is the other Jaguar that I alluded to, unsurprisingly. 3700 bucks in salary for Ingram. The Chargers are just 18th in coverage DVOA against tight ends. We've got four and seven catches from Ingram in two games so far. Nice setting for passing volume with them going in as seven-point underdogs here. And he's cheaper than Zay Jones at a position where it's you know a little bit more difficult to find either sturdiness or reception upside i don't think evan ingram's quite got the ceiling to to be worth it for our tournament lineups but i think in that vein of looking for um cheap usability for cash lineups evan ingram's a good fit yeah so you know like i would love to be able to use dallas goddard at 4700 or tyler higby at 4500 in cash lineups but again we we have to save somewhere and i think tight end is the place to do it in cash lineups so john johnson is my guy right now um i think 2900 bucks is still too cheap for the usage he's getting you know 12 targets through these first two games a 60 percent target share he's you know he scored 6.3 and then eight DraftKings points but he's he's underperformed versus usage he's actually 10th among tight ends and expected ppr points so um yeah not not exciting but like i think he's gonna get me six to ten DraftKings points and in cash that that's fine at this price tag yeah like not exciting but reliable is what we want um, in a, a PPR tight end here on DraftKings. It's like a it's like a tuna sandwich for lunch. Nobody's getting yeah. excited about a tuna sandwich, but it'll get the job done. And, you know, he, he might have more upside than we're giving him credit for because he's an athletic guy. He was a you know, wide receiver back in college. He's already, you know, he had a, he hurdled the defender in, you know, one of these, these first two games, I think it was week one. So, and it just takes, you know, one 30-yard touchdown from a tight end at 2,900 bucks, and, you know, he's a great tournament play. So, I, I, I think he's in play for tournaments too. Mm-hmm. I'll give him in play. On the GPP side, though, uh, Travis Kelsey, his ownership projection looks low. He's down at 6%, 7,900 bucks. You mentioned the tight pricing, so it might just be that he stays down in that range. That certainly makes Travis Kelsey um, attractive, even if you're not playing Patrick Mahomes, who looks like he'll be one of the higher-owned quarterbacks. Mark Andrews also headed for single digits here, Jared. Yeah, I, I, I wish I remembered what podcast I was listening to earlier this week, but they were talking about you know the winning tournament lineups the first two weeks of the season, and like it was like ninety percent of the of the teams in the top fifty had Travis Kelsey in week one, and then like ninety percent of them had Mark Andrews in week two, which you know goes back. I think I've talked about it too on one of these you know first couple of pods is you know trying to get up to these elite tight ends in tournaments because they can give us you know twenty five points where like the rest of the tight end field is going to be scoring like eight and 10 points. You can get a huge edge in tournaments with the elite tight end. So I think Kelsey especially is worth getting up to. I think, you know, I'm not as excited about Andrews this week. You know, that the Patriots tend to be tough against tight ends and they have limited Mark Andrews in their two meetings over the past few seasons. Um, Darren Waller is the other, you know, semi elite tight end that I like this week, you know, 5,800 bucks. He's already off a strong start this season. He's third among tight ends of both expected fantasy points and actual PPR points. Um, and then we have, you know, if Hunter Renfro's out, that's like 20% of the targets that are left behind. I think Waller picks up a, a chunk of those. I'm still mad at Waller for coming in a yard and a half below his yardage prop last week while averaging 8.3 yards per catch. Yeah. Looking at Mark Andrews did kind of bring me to looking at the Patriots receivers more. And I think if you are going to Mark Andrews, who is a thousand bucks cheaper than DK salary than Travis Kelsey, even if you don't want to play Lamar Jackson because he's so expensive and going to be among the higher owned quarterbacks, you could pair Mark Andrews with one of these cheap um, Patriots wideouts. Mention Nelson Aguilar earlier. We'll see if his ownership projection rises if there's no Jacoby Myers. But, you know, for a, a tournament lineup, there's also it's also worth considering Devontae Parker down at 4,000, 
Uh, it's headed for 1% ownership. The routes were down last week, but he was at 100% route rate in week one. So yeah, especially if Jacoby Myers is out, he could get back up. And then Kendrick Bourne is 3,600. He's not going to be owned by anybody. He was up from barely being on the field in week one to 58% route rate last week. We've seen him be an efficient performer. And I mean, if we get a four for something and a touchdown from Bourne at 1% ownership at 3,600 bucks, then he's helping you. Yeah, Bourne hardly played at all in week one. It seems like he started to take some snaps from Devontae Parker in week two. So we'll kind of see how that transit. I think Aguilar is the best player. It seems like he's the safest bet to you know be on the field for the majority of pass play. So I like I like that idea. Um, I mentioned Goddard and Higby as you know ca- cash game values. Goddard's coming in at just six percent projected ownership. And again, you know we like this spot for Philly's passing game. You know Goddard. 82 yards on five catches last week. And he had like two or three catches called back by penalty. You know, I, I would know because I'm, I'm watching every Dallas Goddard snap because I have so much of them. You know, he, he could have cleared a hundred yards. He did clear a hundred yards last week. They just got called back by penalties. You know, he, he's off to an encouraging start. And then Kyle Pitts, I mean, he's 4,800 bucks and he's projected at 4% ownership. Like if we had said that a month ago, I would have been like, yeah, I'm playing Kyle Pitts in every single one of my tournament lineups. So I, I, I think he's, he's worth playing at least a little bit. I'd have been like, oh, crap, the first two weeks of matching my fears <laughs> yeah. for Kyle Pitts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> On defense, Carolina, 2,600 pops first against the Saints. Eagles, 2,900 against Washington with a, a lower ownership projection than I would have guessed. I think that one can work even in a Carson Wentz lineup. It's obviously not optimal to play your quarterback <laughs> and the opposing defense, but we can get some Jameis Winston factor here and play a Wentz lineup with the Eagles defense. So I'm looking at those two first. I think, though – one other for potential differentiation is the Dolphins down at 2,200 against the Bills. Um, nobody wants to play a defense against the Bills, but that's almost minimum price for a defense that is at least talented. And we need only look back to last year to see the Dolphins limit the Bills to 314 total yards in Miami and two turnovers. <laughs> the Bills still won that game 35 nothing, but <laughs> the offense at least didn't go crazy in that game. Yeah, uh, the Panthers pop is the clearly the best value in terms of dollars per point. Um, so they'll be my cash game defense. You know, the, the saints have allowed the third most DraftKings points to defenses so far, and they haven't even given up a defensive touchdown yet though. They've, they've taken uh, the six most sacks or sorry, the second most sacks and, and have uh, the most giveaways in the NFL so far. So, you know, Jameis Winston has been being Jameis Winston. There's no, there's really no like other clear standout defensive plays this week. And the ownership kind of, kind of shows that there's, there's no defense projected for, more than 8% ownership right now. So to me, it's going to be a week or that, you know, as usual, it's going to be the last spot I fill. And you know, for tournaments, I'm going to be making sure that you know, my defense is, you know, not among the top, you know, at least five or six most uh, you know, popular defenses. I'm always trying to go different at that position. Mm-hmm. I agree with all that. That'll do it for this week. Three DraftKings podcast, head over to DraftSharks.com Now you can play around with the lineup generator and build your own lineups on DraftKings, on FanDuel on Yahoo. You can also find Jared's articles, highlighting top picks for cash and GPP entries on DraftKings. If you're on the YouTube stream right now, stick around for about you know 15 seconds. We'll be back for the FanDuel talk for Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew. I'm Matt Shaft saying thanks so much for something with us.